Bismillah, assalamu alaikum, everybody. This is Kalisha Bennett, your host or part-time host of the Deep Discussions podcast. I will explain who our co-host is, inshallah, uh, later on in today's live. So this is our very first Instagram live for the Deep Discussions podcast, and I'm honored to welcome you guys to the podcast. And you're probably wondering why is it called the Deep Discussions podcast? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory. We're here to have deep discussions, deep, meaningful conversations about the most important things in life and the most meaningful things in life, um, inshallah, God willing. The uh, This uh podcast uh, is based on the Deep Discussions cards, which is a set of 42 conversation starter cards to help individuals have deeper connections with their family and friends. And we have so many amazing stories about how these cards have been used in families and within friendships to help people connect at a deeper level, especially when they felt previously uncomfortable about talking about deeper issues and you know people who've expressed a want to dive deeper in their conversations and relationships we all get tired of surface level conversations no doubt and it's so important to help uh you know to bring forward the deeper conversations and sometimes it helps to have um something to facilitate that so the motto or the the theme or the reason behind why we want to have deep discussions is to help people to um, disconnect to reconnect, disconnect from their digital devices, their digital addictions, and reconnect with other human beings, with other living souls, and inshallah to have uh, strengthened intimate relationships as well. So uh, we do have two themes for our um, podcast. We have IG Lives, which is where I have a general discussion conversation with a special guest. Um, and these will also be uploaded to um, it will also be uploaded to uh, our different uh, platforms um, and all the, the standard podcast um, platforms. And we also have, uh, which will be released next week, is a fortnightly Revert Reflections segment of the Deep Discussions podcast. Um, Revert journeys and stories and support is something which is very close to my heart personally. And within Developing Diamonds, uh, which is what has powered the Deep Discussions podcast, uh, it's really important for us that those who come into the community of Muslims and who enter into Islam that they are well supported so my dear friend and team member Rosalind de Bono um, she is the host of that uh, segment of this podcast so not only is she kindly lightening the load for me but she's leading the way as a revert convert sister herself and is facilitating some amazing conversations she's already recorded a couple of episodes with some males and females from the revert community right here in sydney and uh greatly look forward to those being released to you so today we have our very first guest on the deep discussions ig live podcast episode we have my sister Catherine jones who i hope will request to be added to this conversation so i can um, uh, allow her to join us and jump in on this live. While she does that, I want to tell you a little bit about Catherine. Catherine is the CEO of the Back to the Fitra Mentoring Academy. She's an emotional and spiritual resilience mentor and coach. Um, she's a keynote and motivational speaker. She's an Amazon best-selling author, and she does a whole lot of amazing of our community. Um, she. Uh, her mission is to make a difference for the Muslim world by empowering Muslim 
children to realize their potential through learning about the innate resilience and mental health that all human beings possess. And she goes to the source of the misunderstandings um, that prevent people from recognizing their inbuilt well-being, which we know as our fitra. She's the founder of the Back to the Fitra Academy, dedicated to the development of certified facilitators and mentors of the Back to the Fitra suite of programs across the globe. And alhamdulillah, I managed to finish my my certification last year. Catherine's combination of formal and informal education, along with personal and professional experience, have given her a unique perspective and approach to the topic of emotional and spiritual resilience. And if you're like me, being emotionally and spiritual, spiritually resilient has been one of my life missions. And um, subhanAllah, it was through doing this program with Catherine that I was able to reach a level that I had previously been unable to reach and achieve, alhamdulillah, by Allah's permission. Catherine is particularly passionate about addressing the tough subjects like depression, child abuse, domestic violence, bullying, abusive parenting, and other topics that are often swept under the carpet. And it's another reason why I love her so much because I too like to talk about the taboo topics and the topics that no one wants to talk about that involve um, harm and hardship or oppression to the innocent. So welcome, Catherine, and thank you so much for agreeing to be our very first guest and a very special and honoured guest indeed to the Deep Discussions podcast powered by Developing Diamonds. Assalamu alaikum and welcome. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakum for having me as the first guest. It's uh, my privilege to take that spot. <laughs> You're most welcome, alhamdulillah. It's an honour to have you here. So um, your, uh, your, the introduction I gave was very comprehensive and substantial, but if I had to ask you in a nutshell, how would you describe what you do? In a nutshell, I would describe it as um, a, a, a movement to end oppression in the Muslim world. I love that. That's a movement that we should all want to be a part of, a movement to end oppression in the Muslim world. And boy, do we have a lot of oppression. I read a post earlier this week, which I think later got taken down, but it talked about some of the oppression taking place in our community and in Muslim homes. And it was so hard hitting, but I could vouch for a fact that they were all based on truth because I've seen situations or heard of situations that were listed in this very confronting post. And you know, it was taken down for whatever reason, but no doubt individuals would have found it quite confronting and some people wouldn't have liked it being spoken. So it takes a lot of courage to do what you do, uh, mashallah. Well, the, the thing I find, and I should imagine you do too, the work you do, is sometimes it's hard for us to even imagine that there's hope in the Muslim world because we get to deal with the people who are struggling with all of these oppressions. And it, it can get to the point where you wonder, is, is there anyone out there doing the right thing? Um, but again, of course, we know there are, and alhamdulillah, Allah sends them our way so we get to see them from time to time. But working in this area, it can be quite uh, demoralizing like that. It can be quite um, concerning, you know, because you just hear so much of what's going on, subhanAllah. And being a convert, for instance, we come into Islam, you know, because we hear all the beautiful rights that everybody has and all about justice and fairness and all this sort of thing. And then 
you can get quite disillusioned when you discover that that's actually not what's happening in the Muslim world. So I guess that's where I'm really passionate about making a difference because our deen is beautiful. It is the solution. And if we all followed it properly, what a beautiful world we would have. Absolutely. Totally agree, Panala. And, you know, what you said there about feeling people feeling disillusioned, I think this is a common thing that happens within our community. People are either experiencing oppression, hardship, or seeing bad examples. Sometimes they're witnessing it and they feel, or even us as, as community support people and educators, you see and hear so much. It's so easy to feel disillusioned, like, and at loss, and is there hope? And can we ever improve our condition? But alhamdulillah, you know, Islam is based on so much spiritual and emotional resilience that you know that there's always hope so long as we keep um, keep moving, keep our feet on the ground and keep striving and, and moving forward towards the solutions that lie ahead of us that Allah has, has blessed us with. So I think hope is a very important, um, a very important perspective to carry. isn't it? it without okay something went funny there Sorry, um like as you know, what we talk about at back to the future is hope is the first step if people don't have hope there's no change people don't feel inspired to change if they've lost hope and i learned something really interesting on on the weekend um from one of our mentors in our, our understanding that we teach it back to the Fidra was saying that un, when um, you sense resistance from people, it comes from lack of hope. So the answer first and foremost in everything is hope. And it kind of ties in beautifully with the whole point of this conversation is to talk about deep discussions. That's where we can bring hope back when we actually start speaking about things we can actually discover hope that if we are trapped in our own mind of all of the, the, the things that have happened or are happening, we, we lose hope. So by actually starting to have deep discussions, hope can come back. And that's like the first stepping stone. Um, so just to get into the topic of what we're, we're talking about today about deep discussions, I really think these conversations are very key. What have you noticed within your clients or within the community with regards to connection between people and relationships between people or the lack of? So that's a huge question. Um, we've just come off of a conversation about female leadership in Islam, for instance, and the status of, of that and the misconceptions around that and where did it come from and what is the solution to it. And we had a discussion around it and everybody who was listening found this very hopeful and positive and could actually see that each and every one of us could play a role in changing that and in being part of the solution. So I think that if we're not having these conversations, Firstly, we have a lot of people left in hopelessness. When there's hopelessness, then, then people feel defeated, so they don't try. So they, don't, they just sit there and get depressed. Um, when we have these conversations, firstly, it inspires um, hope 
in individuals, we become a bit more united. Um, we're able to come up with solutions. Uh, another thing that we do every week as a group of converts is we meet every week to discuss the challenges that we face as converts. And we have this um, deep discussion about the challenges that we've all experienced. And a lot of the challenges are pretty harsh. Like there's a lot of domestic violence that converts go through, a lot of discrimination, a lot of being left out, falling through the cracks, not having community all of these sorts of things, but we always end the discussion with, so how can we be a part of the solution? So having these deep discussions has motivated the people that attend that group to actually take action in their community. And so gradually what you see is not just, just hope, but hope developing into momentum, into action, into solution and, and problem solving and making a difference and not just, sitting there going well what can i do everyone can do something so deep discussions i think is it really starts the beginning it br br brings the momentum yeah definitely and how about when it comes to family relationships and the intimate relationships either between spouses or parent and child what relevance and importance do you find having deep real conversations are in that dynamic <laughs> Yeah, so I think that um, we there's a complacency that we get to in relationships that are close to us where we believe we know each other and so we stop having deep discussions because, well, I know that person now. I don't need to explore knowing them anymore. And what happens is we're left with a picture in our mind of who this person is, even if it can even be the person we're married to, even that closer relationship, even our children, that closer relationship, even our parents. And what we haven't really taken into consideration is as an individual, we have evolved. And as an individual, we've grown. Well, we hope so anyway. Like I hope people aren't sitting out there not evolving, not growing in themselves. And so what happens is relationships drip drift apart because each individual is growing in their own direction but there hasn't been that con constant connection and reconnection and deep discussion about what's going on for that connection to remain there and you become strangers to one another because each person has grown and and now become a stranger to the other because there wasn't that realization of the growth mm. we're still That's living huge. in we're still living in the relationship with the person that they were before and they're not that person anymore. And so the expectations too are of you to be the person that they once knew and you're like, hang on, that's not me. Can you get to know me and, now where I'm at now? Yeah, yeah. And in some relationships, um, what I've seen in this work is in some relationships that results in the re relationship growing to a deeper level and, uh, and almost a new relationship being born because the relationship isn't the people. Like two individuals come together and then what happens between them is a relationship and that changes and evolves just like people change and evolve as well. And if one person in that relationship changes, changes the relationship itself changes. It can't stay the same. It doesn't work that way. And then you can get people who want it to be the way it was, don't want it to change. So it can be the beginning or the end of relationships. Um, 
when there's that deep discussion again, that reconnection again. And I've seen it go both ways. I've seen marriages where for even a decade, it's they've been like strangers. They've suddenly become like newly married again. And then there's been other relationships where it's like not we're different now, you know, we're in different spaces now. This isn't going to work anymore. Yeah. And being able to acknowledge that that's okay as well. Not easy. It is. It is okay. Yeah. I um, But ignoring it, not like, I think there's also concern out there that if we have these conversations, then we might discover something and that will be problematic that we discover something. The reality is it's already problematic if it's there. The deep discussion isn't causing the problem. The deep, discover, deep discussion might discover the problem and bring it to the forefront and bring it to consciousness. But we need to do that because otherwise we're living in a problematic way. We're not living in, in a constructive way, it's destructive. But rather if we keep it's like if we keep our head in the sand we can ignore it it's, that's not going to work yeah i just wrote a post this morning about um you know asking ourselves the question am i living a lie and you know when it comes to our relationships whether it's marital or even with our dynamics with our children our family our friends sometimes we refuse to acknowledge the fact that we're not as close as we should be or that there are elements of dysfunction in some of our relationships and then we're avoiding it to avoid confronting the fact that there are issues but so long as we do that the distance grows wider in those relationships and when the, when the relationship is put under strain from life's tests and pressures your your bond is likely to crumble right it could fracture um so if we truly want to have uh close tight-knit sound bonds as possible we've got to make that effort to make sure that we we nourish that bond between the people we claim to love. How often is it in, um, you know, in families or in relationships, people will say, I don't, I never have deep conversations with that person, or I've never felt close to that person. And it's like, but haven't you spent 10, 20 years together? Or isn't that your sibling? You spent, you know, a lifetime together. Why, why is there no bond there? Why is there no closest closeness there? And sometimes it's just waiting for one person to just kind of bring it down a little bit, bring it down a notch. And that's why, you know, as Pamela, we try to use these cards to, when people are like, I don't know how to talk deep with my, um, you know, my person, whoever that person is. And we say, tell them, you know, come out for coffee with me. I've got this set. Let's have a chat. And you pull it out and then you start diving deep. And what a lot of people discover is they talk about things and address issues they'd never shared um, with those individuals before. So um, I think your, your points, um, you know, about the importance of those conversations that can't be um, overstated, subhanAllah. Um, so, and I think sorry, did you have something? Yeah, one of the things that I think can also be a, a you know, if, if you intuitively know something isn't right, part of the um, avoiding the discussion can be coming from a, well, it's a sense of failure if the relationship doesn't work. But relationships, you know, weave in and out, come and go in life. And hanging on to it um, from a place of it's a failure if I don't is not the right space. We, we have to reach that point of vulnerability and confidence and courage to, to go there and really explore 
is this relationship something we can work on together? Is it something we can save together? Um, if, it, if it doesn't work out, it's not a failure from that perspective. You know, there were times in the time of the Prophet when relationships didn't work out and there were other relationships that worked brilliantly and it's the same today. You know, I don't know why we've got this idea in our minds, this misconception that if a relationship ends or evolves to a different type of relationship, that that is a failure. It's not, it's, it's a part of life. You know, subhanAllah. Yes, panallah. Um, I wanted to ask you, Catherine, um, maybe you can take a few moments to think of um, a situation or a story uh, that you witnessed or it could be even from your personal journey where you saw the benefit of the change that can happen and take place from two individuals having a sincere and heartfelt uh, deep conversation um, or deep discussion about where they're at. Um, I don't know if you need a moment and we can talk about something else in the meantime or if you've got one off the cuff. I think I can probably talk about sort of from a parenting perspective might be a good example yeah. for this one because I think that um, as parents perhaps we don't have the deep conversations with our children and that can lead to all sorts of issues in our parenting as well because we misunderstand our children's behaviour because we don't listen and have that deep conversation with them as to what's going on. And I, I, mean, I have children aged from 10 to 23, now five of them. So I've got a, a nearly 18-year-old, a 20-year-old and 23-year-old. So they're like you have more adult conversations because they really are adults now. And taking the time to really understand them and have deep conversations with them helps you then understand their behavior, um, understand why they might be doing what they're doing. So instead of freaking out because maybe they're not showing up in their life in a way that you think is the right way, having that understanding helps you see, okay, they're where they're at now because this is what they're dealing with this is what they're trying to get their head around that's okay it's not they're being lazy or they're being um irresponsible or they're being disrespectful or you know all the other labels that we might place on it and so i've seen um great shifts because i don't take personally what they say and do i don't walk around worrying what the ummah thinks of me because of what my children might be doing i can tell you right now the ummah probably would disapprove of a lot of things my children have done and then they would wonder why i do parenting coaching and think that i must be some kind of fraud um but i think it's these tests and challenges that have actually meant that i am actually really good at what i do because i've had all of these tests to go through but when I, um, when I have taken the time to really listen, and sometimes it's had to be at like one o'clock in the morning, you know, where they've come and woken me up to tell me, right? And it's like, ah, oh, really, I need my sleep. I'm starting teaching at six in the morning and you're waking me up at one in the morning to tell me all this. But you have to pull yourself out of sleep and listen and have those deep conversations. But I think this brings a really awesome element to deep conversations is that deep conversations start with listening. Mm. 
deep Love conversations that. start with us talking. They start with yeah. listening. I think what's so brilliant about the cue cards is that the one that wants to initiate the deep discussion is actually asking the other person a question and then they have to stop talking and listen because yes. the deep discussion starts with listening. If you're not listening, it's not a deep discussion. All you're doing is trying to work out what you're going to say next to make your point. A deep discussion yeah. comes from listening first. Definitely. And we've got like the, the, the rules uh, that we've got in the card state about the importance of holding space and not interrupting the person and not correcting the person with the answer that they give too. Because a lot of the time people go into a conversation and they want to dictate the direction of it. Um, they haven't prepared themselves to truly listen. So we provide the rules with the cards because of how important <laughs> that is. There's such a lack of ability to listen, you know, and uh, what we found as well in the parent-child dynamic or even between spouses is it's actually quite liberating for uh, the person who feels less heard in the relationship because they feel now like, wow, I got to speak and I wasn't interrupted or interjected or corrected. Um, and that creates a new dynamic too. And, um, again, it opens the way for increased levels of closeness and openness in that relationship. Um, I'm loving what you guys are writing in the comments, so please do continue to share your thoughts and perspectives on this. Um, and even if you're listening to this later on or you're listening, um, uh, you know, on a different platform, please do share your perspectives and keep the conversation going. Uh, I love, Catherine, what you mentioned about um, the fact that, you know, through the dynamic of, um, you know, having deep conversations and being able to truly understand and acknowledge people or your children when they are struggling. Uh, personally, for me, some of the biggest lessons in humility and non-judgment um, have been from the challenging, you know, relationship with, with my children or, you know, with, with one of my children in particular who I struggled with. So we both resonate with that and um, even one of the other um you know, uh, friends commenting, um, you know, we, we share in the struggle. Um, uh, one of the sisters, uh, our beautiful Muslim motherhood coach mentioned um, that the test can teach us to be better, more open-minded parents. And I think that's so powerful too, to learn to be more open-minded. Um, what more do we want than to be an open-minded person in life? Because what's the opposite of being open-minded? It's being closed-minded. And who wants to live life as a closed-minded person when there are so many perspectives to explore and discover and so many different types of people to connect with um so in your line of work Catherine um I was curious to know um when it came to you know having your training and your your coaching programs with women how have you found uh, the importance of women participating in some of these deep discussions and conversations where they have to divulge where they're at? They have to process where they're at. I know that when I trained with you, th those were some of the deepest conversations I've ever had and I've ever listened to and been privileged to hear the deepest, darkest struggles of my fellow sisters around the world. And I realized, whoa, I'm not alone. Like, and, 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 and eventually finding the courage to speak about what I was struggling with. How have you found the importance of these deep conversations in your line of work? Well, for a start, I think what you just said about feeling like they're not the only person in the world 
can be that first stepping stone for hope. Because remember what I said at the beginning, without hope, then there's no movement forward. So the fact that someone is brave enough to speak first opens the door for so many others, you know. And I think that one of the reasons the Back to the Future Academy has had the opportunity to really grow over the last years was because I started to open up and just be quite frank and honest about the challenges and struggles I was going through. So it opened the door for it to be safe for others to do the same. And so that has brought the opportunity of, of hope. Um, but the other, the other element to bring hope is that unless somebody knows the challenges and struggles of where you came from, then they're not going to recognize how far you've come when they see you now. So for instance, people might see me right now and go, ah, oh, well, she's always had this easy life because look at her, look how confident she is. And she, you know, but the reality is that's not true. I've had, a, you know, so many different forms of abuse that I've gone through. Uh, and, you know, I, I look at it as the boot camp that Allah's put me through so I can do this work, alhamdulillah. And feel very blessed that Allah subhanahu wa knew that I was strong enough to go through this and then be the light at the end of the tunnel for, for others. So having these deep discussions and, and sharing is actually really crucial because if I'm here talking to you and my, my core masterclass that I teach out there is how to be happy despite everything, people go, oh, yeah, what would she know? She hasn't been through much. But if I don't have a deep discussion and say what I've been through, then people, people won't unless I do that, people won't take seriously what I have to offer, what I have to say. I've actually had people um, really attack me when I've gone in and talked about domestic violence in a domestic violence group saying to me, are oh, you're, you're minimizing it. You're, you know, you, you don't understand how hard it is. And so I had to say, well, actually I do. I know that there was a point in my first marriage where I was five months pregnant. I had a, two-year-old and a five-year-old and I wanted Allah to just take me away that night I did not want to wake up the next day I know how dark it gets I have been there and so by being able to have that deep conversation and say that then then it brings hope to others that are really struggling who are feeling that low that it is possible to come out of it so without the deep discussions you know, it would look like whatever I'm saying is just fluff or airy, airy fairy, if that makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, that's all too good to be true. It's not possible for me. You know, no, you don't understand what I've been through. Sharing what I've been through, then people go, oh, so maybe you do get it. Yeah. Because I've been that's accused. That's really powerful. Yeah, I've been accused of, um, uh, I've been accused of, minimizing how hard it is to be in domestic violence and and making it you know making um what is it empty promises right it's yeah. like it's not true you know it's not an empty promise with this understanding that we have that you and i you know now teach it is possible to move forward from any kind of trauma and if you if you went through my timeline of trauma there's so many different traumatic experiences you know throughout my life from date rape from having my house burned down in the ash wednesday fires you know to um my parents divorce to child sexual abuse 
from two different people, my grandfather when I was two and my stepfather when I was going through puberty. You know, there's so much there, right? That you do it. I was bullied by kids when I was in grade four. The boys would dig their fingernails into my wrist till my wrist bled. And the male teacher who was our teacher said, our oh, boys are like that because bullying wasn't really taken seriously back then. You know, I was bullied again in year eight um, by the year 10 girls on, that caught my bus. Um, they would, as I was getting off the bus, knee me so hard, hard off the backside that, that one time holding on to the, because um, I was holding on to each seat, I actually did a flip because they need me so hard I flipped. <laughs> Um, and I was on their netball team. They used to throw the ball so hard I'd end up with um, sprained fingers all the time. So if you look at the timeline, I kind of, and then, of course, I then married into an abusive marriage and ended up in that for nine years. So I get it. You know, I've been through many of the different traumatic experiences that people would say, that's it, it defines your life. It doesn't define your life. It doesn't define who you are, and you can be uh, have an amazing life um, moving forward. And um, oh, someone's saying that these these deep discussions are taboo amongst men. I actually think to address that, because given what I've just shared, I could sit here and say horrible things about men. The only reason men behave the way they behave is because of what they've been through too. And I think that we can actually have these deep discussions in a way where they can be not taboo for anybody because we can actually be compassionate in how we talk about men in this process. Just because it was mostly men that abused me doesn't make all men bad, doesn't mean that our conversation should be derogatory towards men. It should be very inclusive of how can we have a solution to all of this, which is why back to the future is moving towards having supporting men as well. Cause I don't feel like we're doing them yeah. a service if we're just helping the women, because we're going to empower half of the community and leave the other half of the community behind. That's not okay either. We need the deep discussions across the whole community, across each gender, across every culture, across every language, not just in English with women in the Muslim world, right? Yeah. Definitely. That's going to create an imbalance in the long run, you know, and I think it's uh, urgent now more than ever that men also are uh, provided a safe space to be able to talk about their trauma, their struggles, their emotional states, their parenting journeys, their marriage situations, just the way we have in our safe environment within the mentoring circle. Men need that as well because, you know, if women are struggling in such a way, men are also struggling in such a way. If we see men you know, largely perpetrating, you know, domestic violence or sexual abuse within our community. These are men in pain and men with issues and it needs to be addressed. They need to be supported towards uh, becoming healthy and, and recovering from whatever their, their struggles are. So it's a very good point about uh, both genders. And, you know, I look forward, Catherine, to when you do, uh, you know, launch and start to um, uh, facilitate men uh, within your training circle. I'm sure we'll be able to find some awesome brothers in the community who are already in this line of work who would love to come on board and do the training with Back to the Fitra to be able to help men with their emotional and spiritual resilience. Yeah, I'm hoping to, if I can, get at least two brothers to join this year's certification program so that we've got at least two brothers to start the ball rolling 
So if there's any brothers out there listening to this and you want to be part of the solution, then um, yeah. we're starting in the fourth week of February. Sorry to put a pitch in there at the same time. Yeah, no, that's fine. I think you'll have a taker, you know. I think we'll definitely at least get one or two because there are some activities that we have to do where it's a more intimate activity and it will be better if the brothers work together so we need at least two so that we've got at least they can work with each other through the certification uh, but yeah. the key thing is that we need brothers to support the brothers because this kind of work when you're talking about emotional and spiritual resilience and we're talking about deep discussions today there has to be a sense of safety for deep discussions to happen and there will be times when the deep discussions that are needed um, that it's not going to feel safe for them to discuss what they need to discuss if a woman is there. Sometimes they will need to have those discussions as men and the men that they support will need a male person that they're having those conversations with rather than a female. Um, so uh, this is why... I really need to actually um, build up some leaders in this understanding so that they can be the ones that support the brothers because brothers are now starting to reach out and want support. And anybody that has harmed us, and by the way, just for full disclosure, what I went through was before I became a Muslim, so it's, we're not talking about just the Muslim world. We're not suggesting for a second that we're the only ones that are struggling with this. I, you know, grew up typical West, uh, typical Australian background. And so these things are happening and they're prevalent everywhere, unfortunately. Um, so I don't want us to just be labeling it uh, Muslim men either, because that's certainly not true. Um, yes, my marriage was to a Muslim man, but all the other events of my life were with non-Muslims. Yeah, Allah. Yeah, definitely to, uh, important to understand that uh, the challenges faced are universal. Uh, the traumas are universal. It's not exclusive to one particular community. Before we wrap up, Catherine, because we are coming to the end of our conversation, I thought to ask you a question from the set of cards. Oh, inshallah. So we'll finish, <laughs> we'll finish with a bang, but I'm sure you'll have the answer ready to go anyway. Um, so the question, the question I have is, the most important thing in life is? The first thing that popped into my head was tawakul. I, I, I just have to go with what was the first thing. That was what just popped straight into my head. I think that has been what I have come to understand. Um, and then in reflection, before I even had this understanding, reflecting in how tawakul has served me so well. So for those who might be listening don't understand the term tawakul, it's um, putting our trust, our faith in Allah, that Allah is always there for us despite everything that we don't need to worry because Allah is there. It's just fully trusting that. And um, we've, I've come up, come up with a new term that recently, just this week, called slowing down to the speed of tawakul. So if we slow right down, we will discover that everything we need is already there, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing everything we need, that we don't need to be worrying. And so slowing down to the speed of tawakul is what I think is really important that we're all doing. I love that, mashallah. Tawakul, I think something for us to deeply ponder about. We hear it a lot. 
we assume we know what it means, but when it comes to life's tests, we often fail to lean into that state of tawakkul. We go into states of fear, anxiety, um, hopelessness, stress, and our reliance, our reliance in Allah, our tawakkul is totally absent, missing from the picture. Um, but we learn it when we're in a good state that, yeah, when tests come, I have to make sure that I have tawakkul. I trust Allah. It's part of his plan. It's part of his decree. It's going to take care of my affairs. But then when calamity strikes, I don't, I'm guilty of it too. Sometimes in the moment, you're just like, can't deal, can't do this. Where's the exit? And there is no escape, you know, from when Allah decrees something. So yeah. the sooner we accept it and trust him, the better. Tawakkul is truly believing what Allah says when he says he will never burden us with more than we can bear. He will never give us more than we can carry, more than we can handle. So that interruption and interference, we had some connection issues. Um, but I just wanted to uh, thank our dear sister Catherine. We were at the end of our um, our uh, you know, from the journey of understanding that you know, uh, when people have resistance to their circumstances or resistance to their tests, it's due to a lack of hope. The fact that hope is everything. Uh, without hope, there is no movement forward and the importance of moving forward um, in life and moving forward past our trials and tribulations and calamities and how important that is. Uh, the point that Catherine made about having deep discussions, uh, the key to coming up with solutions um, in life and solutions to our circumstances or the challenges that we might even have in our different relationships, uh, how deep discussions start with listening, being an active listener, someone who uh, takes the time to actually hear what the other person is saying without interrupting them, without coming back with a rebuttal, without um, kind, uh, trying to uh, debate or uh, disqualify what the other person is saying, is saying and the importance of that. Um, I love what Catherine said about the importance of sharing what your struggles are and how uh, others cannot recognize the struggles of where you come from, then they'll never know how far you've come and how important that is to be able to show those closest to us or even those that might be in our circle of influence the fact that where we are now um, has taken a lot of hard work and that it has been a challenging and uphill journey um, to be able to come back from times of difficulty and hardship. Um, she closed, you know, with uh, her answer to our deep discussions question, uh, a reminder about slowing down to the speed of tawakkul, to kind of slow down, stop the chatter and noise in your mind, uh, to stop freaking out, and to just trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and trust in his decree that whatever uh, has happened or whatever is happening for you and with you in your life that um, Allah SWT has his plan and he will take care of the journey ahead for you. Um, so uh, whether or not Catherine can jump back back on into this live or not, um, I just wanted to say a deep heartfelt thanks to her uh, for her time and for her wisdom. And I wanted to uh, deeply acknowledge and lovingly acknowledge the effort and the the impact that has, she has created in our community through the work that she has done. And I kid you not, she has overcome a lot to be able to do the work that she does and she invests a lot. She believes and has hope in our community and in our ummah. No doubt she won't stop until her breath towards the betterment of our community and, and many of us 
are you know following in her footsteps and under her mentorship and her training we will inshallah continue that as a legacy and inshallah may allah record it as a sadaqa jariya for her so catherine thank you so much may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you with the highest of ranks and the highest of reward in dunya and akhirah ameen and also grant your family and loved ones the same So coming to the end of this very first episode of the Deep Discussions podcast. Yes, it is fragmented. Yes, it is in two parts. But alhamdulillah, inshallah, you get double the enjoyment from uh, what we've covered and uh, in following this journey. So be sure to follow Deep Discussions podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Look for the handle Deep Discussions podcast. Um, and you can find us on all major platforms. Uh, podcast platforms including spotify apple google and more um, we will share and release uh, podcast uh, episode information as well as beautiful takeaways uh, and quotes from our guests um, as we journey along inshallah so stay tuned next week on friday rosalind sir rosalind de bono my partner in crime um, will be uh, releasing her first episode of Deep Discussions podcast, the Re- Reflections um, aspect, which will be a fortnightly uh, release. Um, and inshallah, stay tuned for that and, and check out the, the journey and the insights of reverts from within our community locally and abroad. Uh, make sure you get your hands on your own set of Deep Discussions cards, DM or email or message us to order your own set. Um, they come with a device bag, a black satchel to hold your devices and lock them away while you have deep discussions with your closest friends and loved ones. Um, we also have a competition where you can win a set of cards for yourself. All you have to do is share a deep discussions podcast post and tag three friends in that post, help to raise awareness about these important conversations that we are having that we want you to have. Um, and inshallah, you can go in the running to win a set of your own which will be posted out to you and you'll get them within a few days. We will announce the winner to that competition, inshallah, next Friday. So I'll jump on and announce the winner. Jazakallah khair, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this first ever episode of the Deep Discussions podcast. We look forward to a lot more conversations in the future um, with some amazing guests um, who are perhaps quieter people in the community and also people who are well-known um, around the world as, you know, different speakers and teachers. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept from us and to open the way, the path ahead for us and bless this journey ahead, inshallah. This is your co-host, Kalisha Bennett, here with you for the Deep Discussions podcast powered by Developing Diamonds. May Allah bless you all. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.